Good morning, Chivia Churches, and good morning to those joining us elsewhere as well. You're all very welcome. This is Colin, and for the last two weeks I've been off. I've had a break, but I'm now very much back at work. And we gather together for the 14th Sunday after Pentecost. Now, intimations, a link to the, the video will be posted on, on Sunday early afternoon and you can watch what is happening. But that will be the last video. We've decided to stop the video, but we'll continue to have the podcast. Um, the funeral of Sheila Little takes place in Yatam Kirk on Monday, the 30th. Um, Today is Life and Work Sunday, and Life and Work is a magazine of the Church of Scotland. It's been going for 140 years, is tremendously informative. And so today we remember that. And if anyone wants to subscribe, they should speak either to myself or to Joe Mooney in Yetham or Mary Pringle in Warbato. And next Sunday we'll be marking Climate Sunday. And I think there'll be a national service in the afternoon at Glasgow Cathedral at 3.30. And there is a link to that. And also, we've reopened Hoonham and Linton churches. And next Sunday, this Sunday coming, is it more battle? But the first Sunday of September... Um, we'll have our service at Linton instead of more battle. The Yetham service continues as at 10 o'clock every Sunday. We have our call to worship. With what should I come before the Lord? What sacrifices should I bring? You've been told what is good and what the Lord requires of you. Only to do right to love goodness, and to walk humbly with your God. Let us worship God. And we sing the hymn 739, The Church's One Foundation.
and thanks to Heather and Gordon for leading us in our singing. Let us pray. Faithful God, in this world of your creation, you've made the seasons to change, the sun to shine, the rain to fall, the vines to bear fruit, and the fields to produce good things. You alone are our strength and our security. You alone bring us rest and comfort. We turn to you as a source of all life, marvelling at your wisdom and seeking to learn your purpose in our lives. We offer you our praise and thanksgiving, for you are the God who made us, the Christ who mends us, and the Spirit who brings us life. Faithful God, even though we know that you are the source of our lives, we confess that we often turn our backs on you. We speak and, and think in ways that deny our loyalty and love for you. We ignore the needs of others. We harbour our anger and say things that cause others pain. In your mercy, forgive us and restore us to a right relationship with you and with one another. And God is tender-hearted and gracious to all and has forgiven you in Christ Jesus. Trust in God's grace and be kind to one another, forgiving others as God has forgiven you. And now we join in our family prayer. We say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever. Amen. We turn to scripture, and our first reading is from Song of Songs, and chapter 2, and we read verses 8 to 13. The voice of my beloved. Look, he comes leaping upon the mountains, bounding over the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Look, there he stands be behind our wall, gazing in at the windows, looking through the lattice. My beloved speaks and says to me, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. For now the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. The flowers appear in the earth, the time of singing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree puts forth its figs, and the vines are in blossom. They give forth fragrance. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. Amen. And our gospel is Mark chapter 7, and we read from the first verse. Now, when the Pharisees and some of the scribes, who'd come from Jerusalem, gathered round him. They noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they have thoroughly washed their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders. And they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. 
And there are also many other traditions that they observe, the washing of cups and pots and bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? And he said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites. As it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching the human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandments of God and hold to human tradition. And then from verse 14, then he called the crowd again and said to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile. But the things that come out are what defile. Amen. And thanks be to God for the reading, these readings of God's word. All praise be to God's name. And now we have another hymn. It's a hymn from childhood days, I'm sure, for many of us. 599, Holy Spirit, hear us. Now we have our weekly prayer. Gracious God, thank you for our friends and neighbours and those around us with whom we work and share our daily lives. Keep our hearts clean and free from sin so that we can be truly devoted to your service. We ask for the blessing of your presence in the week ahead and pray that you will guide us. Keep us and keep us safe in all that we do and say. Amen. It is something you learn very quickly when you live in Africa. Before you eat, you must wash your hands. Someone brings a, a bowl of water. And in some households, even put bits of lemon in it. And you wash your hands. After the meal, again, you wash your hands this time with soap. And the main reason is that in Africa, or where I lived, you didn't use forks and knives. You used your hands to eat. And so when I read in the Gospels that the disciples did not wash their hands before eating, I raise my eyebrows. 
For the last year and a half, we've been living with all the COVID restrictions. And right from the start, one of the essential things to do was wash our hands. Hygiene has become essential for survival. Coming into church, we sanitize our hands. We're fastidious about making sure everything is clean. And we wash our hands. So when I read that the disciples did not wash their hands, I rather sympathize with the scribes and the Pharisees when they complain to Jesus in our gospel reading. Maybe they had a point. But then from Jesus' reply and his stout defense of his friends, we realize that something else is going on. And the Pharisees we're not concerned about the, this from a hygiene perspective, but rather from a ceremonial point of view. It was a way things were done, which mattered for them. It was religious tradition surrounding the Torah, the law, and the Pharisees were sticklers for observing every jot, every tittle of the law. Now, the law's brilliant, it brings people closer to God. But for many, the outward appearance, the outward ritual had become too important that they forgot what lay at his very heart. Now, Jesus's condemnation of this was not actually something new. The prophets had gone on about it several hundred years before. Prophets like Micah, like Isaiah, like Mosea, had complained about the same. Amos famously said, I despise your face, your rituals, but let justice flow like a river and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Or like our, our call to worship today, Micah saying, what shall I bring? Shall I bring calves to sacrifice? No, what the Lord requires is righteousness, is mercy, is walking humbly before your God. We're called not to look at the facade, the externals, but rather at what lies at the very heart of our faith, of our worship, of our life of faith. And that's love, and that's grace, and that's forgiveness, and that's service. And we find love right in the heart of our reading from Hebrew scriptures today. Song of Songs is poetry. It's love poetry. And paints the, the bit we read, paints the picture of a woman waiting, looking out, gazing in anticipation, waiting for the arrival of her lover. And then he comes, like a gazelle, bowing over all the hills to come to be with her, to speak his words of love. It was a love island of its day. Now, there are those who question why Song of Songs is in the Bible, but others liken it to God's relationship with us, to Christ's relationship with the church. 
And I, I love the idea of God bounding over the mountains, overcoming all the obstacles to come to be with us, to speak words of welcome, to speak words of grace, to invite us into a relationship with him. And as the passage goes on, it says the winter's past. The days of coldness, of barrenness are over. And the summer has come with all its abundance. Suddenly life in all its fullness is there to treasure and to be thankful for. That's a promise God has for us. We all like our rituals. We like the way our services are. We don't always like new things, so they can make us think. Every Sunday we recite the Lord's Prayer together. But do we reflect on what we're saying or has it become a ritual? Hopefully we do reflect. We have our rituals when we get up in the morning or go to bed at night. They work for us. But we should never become enslaved to them. And I think that's what Jesus is warning us about. A life of faith must have so much more than religious observance. It must be one infused with God's love and with a readiness to serve God in word and in deed. For it is what lies at the heart that matters. In the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. We sing the hymn 489, Come Down, O Love Divine. We have our prayers of thanksgiving and intercession. Let us pray. Great is your faithfulness, O God. 
And so we offer you a portion of what we have received through your unfailing goodness. Bless these gifts and bless our lives so that your love is proclaimed to the world through all we accomplish in the name of Jesus. God, whose word created life, we give you thanks for the abundance we enjoy from the earth's goodness. Make us wise caretakers of the earth's fragile balance, so vulnerable to drought and disaster. And may your world become a place of abundance for all your creatures, for we know all our lives depend on you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of vigilant care, thank you for the strength and comfort you offer us in times of sorrow and stress. We pray for those who don't know the security in their lives day by day, for those facing violence at home or on the streets, and for the vulnerable who must depend on others for their care. Guide us to shape a society where violence is not tolerated, where the weak are protected, where the elderly are honoured for their experience and children cherished for their gifts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of all times and places, as the summer moves towards autumn, and activities organize, must reorganize while the coronavirus is still present. So we pray for families and for churches and for organizations trying to make wise choices. Equip us all with the wisdom we need to plan well and act with understanding for those eager to get things going and for those anxious or reluctant to move too quickly. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We thank you for the Life and Work magazine and for all the various insights it brings to its readers. We continue to remember the situation in Afghanistan and pray for all living in fear. We pray for the leaders of the Taliban that they may restrain their followers from acts of violence. We remember all affected by storms or adverse weather, by the aftermath of the earthquake in Haiti. We also thank you, and thank you for the peaceful transition in Zambia with the election win by the opposition there. We remember those who are ill in hospital or home. We remember those living with bereavement, who've lost someone dear to them. Be with them all. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And God, who hears our desires, even in the silence of our hearts, listen now as we name before you the people and situations on our minds this day. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Amen. And our closing hymn is from Songs of God's People, number 72, Lord Jesus Christ.
we have our benediction. Blessed to us, O God, the moon that is above us, the earth that is beneath us, the friends who are around us, your image deep within us. And may the blessing of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you now and be with all whom you love, wherever they may be, now and forevermore. Amen.